Principle 2. It is the promise of God that the wicked will live if they will simply turn. God promises that the wicked will live if they will only sincerely and fully turn. The Lord here declares that He takes pleasure in the wicked turning and living. Heaven is made as sure to the converted as hell is to the unconverted. Turn and live is as certain a truth as turn or die. After we had cast ourselves away by sin, God was not obligated to provide us a Savior, nor to open a door of hope for us, nor to call us to repent and turn, but He has freely done so to magnify His mercy. Sinners, none of you will have reason to go home and say that I preach hopelessness to you. We do not shut the door of mercy against you. Oh, that you would not shut it against yourselves. We do not tell you that God will not have mercy on you, even if you turn and are sanctified. When did you ever hear a preacher say such a thing? You who criticize the preachers of the gospel by saying that they desire to keep you out of hell and that they preach hopelessness, tell me, if you can, when you ever heard any earnest man say that there is no hope for you, even if you repent and are converted. No, it is the direct opposite that we daily proclaim from the Lord that whoever is born again and by faith and repentance becomes a new creature will certainly be saved. We are so far from trying to convince you to despair of this that we try to convince you not to make any doubt of it. It is not death, but life that is the first part of our message to you. Our duty is to offer salvation, certain salvation, a speedy, glorious, everlasting salvation to every one of you, to the poorest beggar as well as the greatest Lord, to the worst of you, even to drunkards, swearers, thieves, those devoted to this world, and even to those who despise and reproach the holy way of salvation. We are commanded by our Lord and Master to offer you a pardon for all that is past, if you will only now, at last, return and live. We are commanded to implore you and plead with you to accept the offer and return. We are to tell you what preparation is made by Christ, what mercy remains for you, what patience waits on you, what thoughts of kindness God has toward you, and how happy, how certainly and unspeakably happy you may be if you will turn. We also have indeed a message of wrath and death. Yes, it is a twofold wrath and death. But neither of them is our main message. We must tell you of the wrath that is on you already, as well as the death that you are born under for the violation of the law of works. However, this is only to show you the need of mercy and to encourage you to regard the grace of the Redeemer. You must know that we tell you nothing but the truth, for who will look for medicine who does not know that he is sick? Our telling you of your misery is not that which makes you miserable, but it should motivate you to seek for mercy. You have brought this death upon yourselves. We tell you also of another death, one that has no remedy and has much greater torment that will fall on those who will not be converted. However, since this is true and must be told to you, it is the last and saddest part of our message. We are first to offer you mercy if you will turn. It is only those who will not turn or who refuse to hear the voice of mercy whom we must warn of their future damnation. 
if you will only cast away your transgressions, if you will delay no longer, but will come away at the call of Christ and be converted and become new creatures, then we do not have a word of damning wrath or death to speak against you. In the name of the Lord of life, I proclaim to all of you who hear me this day, to the worst of you, to the greatest, to the oldest sinner, that you may have mercy and salvation if you will only turn. There is mercy in God. There is sufficiency in the atonement of Christ. The promise is free, full, and universal. You may have life if you will only turn. As you love your souls, remember what turning it is that the Scripture speaks of. It is not to mend the old house, but to pull it down and build anew on Christ, the rock and our sure foundation. It is not to change a little in a carnal course of life, but to subdue the flesh and live after the Spirit. It is not to serve the flesh and the world in a more reformed way without any scandalous, disgraceful sins and with a certain kind of religiousness, but it is to change your master, your works, and your purpose, and to set your face in the opposite way, and do all for the life that you never saw. It is to dedicate yourselves and all you have to God. This is the change that must be made if you will live. You are witnesses now that it is salvation and not damnation that is the great doctrine I preach to you, and that is the first part of my message to you. Accept this, and we will go no farther with you, for we do not want so much as to frighten or trouble you with the name of damnation without necessity. However, if you will not be saved, there is no remedy, but damnation must take place, for there is no middle place between the two. You must have either life or death. Not only are we to offer you life, but we are to show you the basis on which we do it, and we call you to believe that God does indeed mean what He says. We tell you that the promise is true, that it extends conditionally to you as well as to others, and that heaven is not merely a product of imagination, but it is a true place of delight. If you ask where our authorization is for this offer, I will show it to you in a few texts of Scripture among a hundred. You see it here in my text and in the following verses. You see it in Ezekiel 18 as plainly as it can be spoken. In 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 through 21, you have the very sum of our commission, Scripture. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled unto God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. This is clear in the following passages as well. Scripture, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth, that is, with such a converting faith as is expressed, 
and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. Mark 16, verses 15 through 16. Thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance, which is conversion, and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. Luke 24, 46-47 The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Acts 5, verses 30-31 Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins, and by him all that believe are justified from all things, from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Acts 13, 38-39 This offer is not just limited to the Jews. Scripture, for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. Galatians 6, verse 15 Come, for all things are now ready. Luke 14, verse 17 By now you see that we are commanded to offer life to you all, and to tell you from God that if you will turn, you may live. You may safely trust your souls to this, for the love of God is the foundation of this offer. John 3, verse 16 And the blood of the Son of God has purchased it. The faithfulness and truth of God are pledged to make the promise good. Miracles often measure the truth of it. Preachers are sent throughout the world to proclaim it. The Spirit opens the heart to consider it, and the Holy Spirit Himself is the pledge of the full possession. The truth of this is past controversy that the worst of you and every one of you may be saved if you will only be converted. Indeed, if you choose to believe that you will be saved without conversion, then you believe that which is not true. And if I would preach that to you, I would be preaching a lie. You would not be believing God, but you would be believing the devil and your own deceitful hearts. God has his promise of life, and the devil has his promise of life. God's promise is turn and live. The devil's promise is you will live whether you turn or not. As I have shown you, the words of God are, Except ye be converted, and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 18, verse 3. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. John 3, verse 3. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. John 3, verse 5. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Hebrews 12, verse 14. The devil's word is, you may be saved without being born again and converted. You may get to heaven well enough without being holy. God is only trying to scare you. He is more merciful than to do what he says. He will be better to you than that. Sadly, the majority of the world believes this word of the devil more than the word of God just as our sin and misery first came into the world. God said to our first parents, If you eat, you will die. Genesis 2, verse 17. And the devil contradicted him and said, You will not die. Genesis 3, verse 4. And the woman believed the devil more than God. The Lord now says, Turn or die. And the devil says, You will not die. 
You just have to ask for God's mercy at the end and give up your sin when you can no longer engage in it. And this is the word that the world believes. Oh, such heinous wickedness to believe the devil more than God. Yet that is not the worst. They blasphemously call this believing and trusting in God when they put him in the shape of Satan, who was a liar from the beginning. John 8, verse 44. When they believe that the word of God is a lie, they call this trusting God, and they say they believe in him and trust in him for salvation. Where did God ever say that the unregenerate, unconverted, and unsanctified will be saved? Show me such a word in Scripture. I challenge you to do it. It is not there, for this is the devil's word, and to believe it is to believe the devil. This is the sin that is commonly called presumption, yet they call this believing and trusting in God. There is enough in the word of God to comfort and strengthen the hearts of the sanctified, but not a word to strengthen the hands of wickedness or to give people the least amount of hope of being saved even though they have never been saved and set free from sin. But if you will turn and come into the way of mercy, the mercy of the Lord is ready to welcome you. Boldly and confidently, then, trust God for salvation, for He is pledged by His word to save you. He will be a father to none except His children, and He will save none except those who forsake the world the devil and the flesh, and come into his family to be members of his son and have communion with his saints. However, if they will not come in, it is their own fault. His doors are open. He does not keep anyone back. He never sent such a message as this to any of you. It is now too late. I will not receive you even though you are converted. He could have done so and would have done you no wrong, but he did not, and he does not to this day. He is still ready to receive you if you were simply sincerely ready to turn with all your heart. The fullness of this truth will appear even more in the two following principles, to which I will therefore now proceed.